You're listening to Goat Rodeo. Keep an ear out for us. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3 of Dispatches. It's kind of hard to believe the podcast I started last June is already on Season 3. Thank all of you for your support, including DCist, 730DC, and the AFI Documentary Film Festival for having me on to talk about the art of nonfiction podcasting. I'm Morgan Gibbons, a storyteller, writer, and performer in Washington, D.C. Every two weeks, I'm going to bring you a story that explores the countless moments and connections we all share. Moments that might not fit who we are, who we believe ourselves to be, or where we think we're going. These stories will last no more than 15 minutes. And our story this week is called Compensation. I tightened my fingers around the strap of my travel bag as I waited in line for a taxi, exhausted and wanting nothing more than to be home, nothing more than to shower, wipe the grime of my final work trip from my skin as though I could remove the taint of failure, slough it away, watch it swirl at my feet in the water, slip down the drain gone and forever forgotten. My mind strained, pulled back to the thousands of men I had left behind in that prison, felt the pang of ironic guilt that I should feel so twisted within while I roamed as free as it were possible to be as a black man in America, a black man who somehow remained physically uncaged. It was this way after each trip, their words always taking a chisel to my heart chipping away tiny pieces of my soul until I wanted nothing more than to rage against the machine that had placed them here, a system that had spared me by luck, vigilance, mainly luck. Knew that it hurt so because I could not catch their eyes, peer through those windows into the deepest parts of them without fighting the need to recoil, to pull myself back, to whisper over and over, there but for the grace of God. I. I could not unsee them, could not leave their voices behind, and they haunted me, followed me twisting on the wind, winding through the streets of Washington, D.C. to whisper in my ear. Remind them of us. Don't let them forget what it's like, please. It's inhumane inside these walls. And it was. I heard them. But more than that, I saw what they endured. Do you need a taxi? I turned, stared into the deep brown eyes of a Middle Eastern man, shorter than me, his stomach having long softened into the doughiness of middle age. His voice was thick, heavy, vibrating with an accent that made it hard for me to understand, my having grown lazy with the lack of struggle, of hearing and always comprehending. I'm sorry, what what was that? Do you need a taxi? I glanced at the long string of people in front of me, contemplated waiting in the oppressively muggy humidity of D.C. heat, shrugged. Actually, yeah, I do. Great, this way. Where do you go? I'll take you for $12. I mumbled out my address as we walked past the line of taxis, frowned as we passed the last of them, 
past the drivers in their vehicles that marked their occupation clearly, that offered a small yet measured amount of safety. Walked past the cars branded with Uber and Lyft, until he pulled open the door of a small unmarked vehicle, ushered me inside, slamming it behind me as he walked around, clambered into the driver's seat, and took off into rush hour traffic. But going the wrong way. Not the way I knew. Not the way I memorized as my route home, and I should have listened. Should have heeded the pained hesitancy in my gut, but I did not. He drove on. One wrong turn, followed by another, and another one after that, and I knew nothing about the man who drove. In my haze of exhaustion, I hadn't even memorized the license plate, the make or model of the car, a habit I had fallen into from policing, yet the day I needed it most. The day I needed routine to save me, I had failed myself. My eyes had slipped over the tag unseeing, and I could do nothing but fight down the rising panic, swing back at monsters of anxiety whose cautious whispers had grown to a near-incessant shriek, berating me for having done something so outside my nature, something so unsafe. His phone rang, curious eyes flicking to mine capturing them in the rearview mirror as he answered. His voice, quiet at first, growing rapidly louder, more excited, filling the eerie silence that had dominated the car, and I could follow none of it. I didn't speak the language, cringed at the sharpness of it, ignoring the gentle lulls in his speech, the moments that caressed, caught up in my own internal hysteria, pulled out my phone, wondered if I should call my mom, text my brother, could not think of what to tell them as I watched the other cars whipping past us, blissfully oblivious to the impending doom of my fate. What do I say? Mom, I'm in a car with a Middle Eastern guy, and he's not speaking English. I don't know why I got in the car. No, I don't know why, but I'm afraid, and he's going the wrong way. Couldn't bring myself to dial, because I was better than this, wasn't I? had read too much, been on the receiving end of too much, knew I had to be better to demand it of others. I had to be better. His conversation ended, phone placed in the holding carrier, in my line of sight and my eyes drank in the video greedily, my heart thrumming a rapid staccato at the Arabic that slid across the slick screen, and still we were going the wrong way moving in a direction entirely unfamiliar, unknown. The thoughts in my mind buckling against one another, careening into the corners of myself I thought I had excised with my learning, my incessant reading, and yet the darkest one thrived in the corners the light of knowledge could not reach, the primordial need to survive, pushing me to admit what I feared. Maybe he would murder me. Maybe his trunk was laden with explosives. Maybe in spite of the facts, in spite of who I thought I was, maybe I was wrong. Sir? Uh, yes. This is the correct address, right? I, I took the roundabout way to stay off the main roads. We'll get you here faster. My vision cleared. And it was the right address. I was home. He had done nothing but deliver me home.
Um, thanks. Can you take a card? Cash would be best. I left my reader in my taxi at the shop getting repairs, but I have bills and people to feed. You won't tell, will you? Concern laced his words, and I ducked my head, making a show of removing my wallet, unable to meet his eye from the shame of it, hiding from the truth of myself. I handed him a $20 bill, more than he asked for, less than he deserved. Did what is done in this country, paid for my misdeed with money instead of apology. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Dispatches. I'll be back in two weeks with another story for all of you. Make sure to get in touch with me by following me on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast or sending me an email at districtdispatches at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear from all of you. And I'll also be featuring guest storytellers this season. And I really hope one of them is you. Pitch your story to districtdispatches at gmail.com. Until then, be well and know that stories are all around you. This episode was produced by Ian Enright, and the music was provided by Ryan Little.